This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Tuesday, it's the 6th of February, 2024. Coming up, news on Apple Vision Pro accessibility and more of your feedback to come. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Bow, bow. Hello, Sean Priest. Bow, bow. Hello, Stephen Scott. How are you? <laughs> Ah, uh, I love all that. Is that the new part parp? Is it? Is that because we've retired the old uh, part parp? So it's mm. bow 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 bow. Hashtag bow bow. That needs to I be an alert. Spell that. We'll get that sorted. Do you know what I want back? I want eep back. Do you remember eep? Do you remember that? Uh, no, not at all. On the Mac in the nineties, there was a, yes. one of the alert sounds was eep. I want eep back. Where's Did that? It, was it exactly like that? Was it eep? It was. I think it was a little bit higher, but yeah, you can do it better than I can because I can't do. Oh, sorry. Pitched oh. annoyance. Okay, cool. I want ta da back then. Oh yeah, I like that one on Windows. Ta da! That was great, wasn't it? I love those ones. <laughs> I always there was one. There was one on Windows I remember that used. I think it was an error sound, and it was like dunk. And I always it always freaked me out every single time it did it. I love. We just that come one. up with it. Uh, you know, yeah. it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listeners. Welcome to Double Tap. Favourite story ever, honk. right? Yeah. <laughs> so years and years ago here in the UK, there was a TV channel called BBC Three, right? And basically uh, at the time when it was launched, like a, a youth a channel for the youth. So I didn't watch it. But no. occasionally I would switch on. And the thing about it that enlightened or intrigued me about it was there was a, the logo for it or the, the characters, like a little, little kind of character thing, like a little plasticine like a red plasticine model thing, right? With just two eyes sticking out of it. And um, it was a hideous looking thing. But the thing was that it would just sit there and occasionally it would just go three. And that was the logo, oh, right? That was yeah. basically it. I remember. remember that? Yeah, that was so cool. And it was go three. And that's all it did, right? <laughs> but the thing was, it always made me laugh and it did. But at the time... There was a download you could get for your computer, and you could have it in the corner of your screen on your desktop. You could have it on your desk. I had it on Windows on the desktop, and it would just sit there. And if you spoke to your computer, if you just said anything to your computer, it would respond. I mean, it wasn't responding in any kind of – it wasn't like AI, right? It wasn't going to respond to your questions. It would just kind of just react. So it would just make a noise. So it would go, oh, or ooh, or whatever. Like you. Basically, like <laughs> you are like it, like a little plasticine thing. Don't that just replace shouts, me. Ooh. Every so often, right? And I am a screensaver. Is that what you're saying? I am Stephen <laughs> Scott, screensaver. <laughs> so my mum comes in one day. She's helping me out. She's changing a light bulb. So she's up a ladder. And she's changing the light bulb. And she she drops the, the light. So she's like, oh, like that. She drops the light. And the little thing on the screen goes, ah! She nearly <laughs> fell off the ladder. I have never laughed so much in my life. She actually ended up shouting at it. She's like screaming at the computer. <laughs> I nearly fell off this ladder because of you. And it's going, whoo, you know, it's just, <laughs> just random stupid responses. Oh, it was so funny. Honestly, oh. so, so funny. Ah, oh, good old days. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, back to reality. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'll be up in a minute. Sorry. Well, listen, that maybe will come up. That's what it is, you see. We've got them awake. Um, Ta-da! Listen, 
<laughs> Before we get into uh, the emails today, because we've got lots of them to get through, I want to mention some of the accessibility features that are coming up in Vision Pro because uh, Brian Tong, who is a YouTuber, he was also at CES. He was pro- uh, hosting the CES events with uh, iJustine uh, this year. Um, he's a great guy and he does some great videos. And he actually took the time to go through some of the accessibility features in the Vision Pro. So he kind of did a walkthrough. Now, he didn't demo every single thing. And I saw a couple of complaints. He didn't go through voiceover. Yeah, do you know, of course he isn't going to go through voiceover. Why would he go through voiceover? He doesn't use it every day. If he did go through voiceover, he'd look like an idiot. He wouldn't know what he's doing. And then you'd say, why did he go through voiceover? He shouldn't have done that. So, you know, he can't win, right? The guy could not win if he tried. I saw a lot of positive reactions to this. So did I, yes. A mainstream article or or a mainstream thing that's actually going through the accessibility settings, showing what's there. I thought it was really cool. It's called a man, Sean. It's not a mainstream thing. No, I'm just just saying what his content was. I'm not talking about the person. Sorry, carry on. (laughs) Um, So he went through, uh, kind of just did like a run through, just walked through all the menus inside Apple Vision Pro, which was actually really useful because it kind of brought up some things that were specific to voiceover, or sorry, not voiceover specifically, but voiceover and other accessibility features in the device. Starting with voiceover, um, a couple of things came up. One was spatialize speech. So... Obviously, with this device, spatial audio is key, right? The whole thing is about spatial audio, and that's part of its its joy. But voiceover itself, the speech can originate from wherever the item in focus is. So whatever you're looking at, whatever you're navigating to, if it's over to the right, if it's over to the left or up or down, you'll you'll get that sense of space. Now, this is kind of something... you, You do get a little bit of this. It's called positional audio in voiceover on the Mac. Not something I've ever used, because... No. Do, do I want to say this? Generally, it's terrible. It generally was oh, terrible. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you can tell whether it's something you're focused on is to the left or right. I just don't know how useful that is, in my case, anyway. Well, yeah, I, I found it created an awful ducking problem, or sometimes the speech would just disappear entirely, as if it was off completely off the screen. Oh. So it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I had to turn it off because, do you remember that time we had this problem for a while where voiceover speech would just disappear? It would, just, oh, yeah. you know, it would just fade That's off why into I the left. background. Yeah. Yes, is that, is that why you left the Mac, what, it, it, 20 I, I, years ago? Honestly. Uh, no, 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 because it kept going up and down. All right, all right, don't, don't, don't just start no, on no, me. No. Don't dismiss me, Stephen Scott. That's why I left. Continue. <laughs> what, the show? Or the, oh, I see. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm dismissed. Well done. Uh, that saved an awkward conversation. Uh, so, yeah, vo- <laughs> spatialized speech is uh, one of the things that I think is pretty cool. I mean, you know, I think in the in the environment of Apple Vision Pro, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I wish, and it's not in there yet, but I'd love them to be able to do this with audio description at some point. Um, but that's maybe not for Apple Vision Pro. Maybe that's for the developers to, to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, switch gestures. Now, this is something inside uh, VoiceOver specifically. And what it does is it lets you choose which of your dominant hands you want to use uh, to perform VoiceOver gestures. So, again, that seems pretty obvious that that would be in there, but it's kind of interesting because it is unique to that particular device, obviously. Um, so that was pretty cool. Zoom, uh, now Zoom has some interesting options because it's in there. And in fact, all the accessibility features you would expect are inside Vision Pro. But uh, the way to navigate it, you can use the crown to zoom. Now, I, I tell me if I'm wrong here. I th- and I must admit, it's been a long time since I've used Zoom on the watch, but I think you can do something similar on the watch with that. So maybe yeah, that's I how that's... Know. 
Bold on, I, yeah, we don't use it, do we? We so don't it's not... use Zoom. I, I don't use Zoom on the watch at all, so um, I haven't really tried it. But it does sound pretty cool. So you, basically what you can do is you can turn Crown to access the Zoom option, right? So what happens is when you enable this feature, you, you just turn the Crown and a menu will appear when you do that. And that menu is a little bit like a quick shortcut menu. So it takes you to what's called environment, uh, which I guess changes the view that you're looking at. These are all sort of standard default settings. But as you navigate around, so as you move the crown, one of the options, if this is enabled, will show up as Zoom. So you can just easily get to Zoom. And that enables it. And at that point, you double press and hold the top button, the crown, uh, on, the, on the crown, to use the digital crown to zoom in when the crown is being used for other system interactions. So and you can zoom in and you can choose a window region, uh, which you can control, uh, and we'll talk about the control options, but in, in, by default with your eyes. So if you look at something, it will zoom to that point or it will, you know, it'll, that window region will point that way. So it's yep. a bit like holding up a magnifying glass. Yeah. Um, or you can have it full screen. So the whole screen will zoom in. And I can see a lot of people getting benefit out of that. And it's interesting. We've talked a lot about what the potential low vision features are, but it's nice to hear that these features are there and that's how they will work. A practical side of that i'm not sure but then i feel the same way about the apple watch how on earth do you use zoom on a watch yeah but it's there so gives you the option that's the point right you get the option at least it needs to be tried to see how actually useful it is but as you say low vision i could see myself using that when i was able to Mm -hmm. i have friends of mine who use the ipad with with, i mean the ipad is a great example of how to use zoom because of the size of it yes you can really get the value out of that and zoom right into something a lot of my low vision friends who use iPads, that's kind of where they, they they almost go there to do their web stuff because it's easier to navigate than trying to do it on a phone. Yeah. Unless it's, dare I say it, an Android phone. Because I think, as I've said before, Android, low vision, perfect partnership. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they I seem really to really handle that much that. better, especially when tech size. No, there's anything wrong with Apple's. So I, I just mean the size. One thing with the, I suppose if you bought the, the 15 Pro Max, for example, I just think you need a bigger device if you're going to use Zoom. That's my point. Yeah. Well, it um, depends on the Zoom level, right? But obviously, yeah. Yeah. I need quite a large Zoom level. <laughs> well, I used to. I need an iPad Pro 12.9. <laughs> uh, 55 with this, inch. Hundreds <laughs> times Zoom. And I might be able to see it. Um, the other ones that came up in, under uh, display and text size, there were a couple of interesting options. Uh, so you can ignore eye movements to stabilize. Now, reading between the lines here, because uh, it does explain if you observe bloodiness, jumpiness, or inconsistent colors, you can enable and ignore eye movements to turn off dynamic image optimization. Now, I'm not entirely sure what that means, um, because if you turned off eye movements to stabilize that, does that is that the same as m- navigation? Well, or is I, that a different way of... Because I'm thinking I, about my or, or nystagmus, right? Our eyes are always moving. So is that what you maybe want to avoid? Well, I'm making an assumption here. But mm. um, I think it, it renders in more detail what actually what area you're actually looking at and areas around that is in less resolution, less detail. And it could be to do with that because maybe you'll see some blurring or something uh, with, you know, when you're moving your eyes around. Um, so if you turn that off, I'm assuming it would be like a standard, maybe a lower resolution overall than in just specifically where you're looking at. The eye gaze is meant to be really good, but uh, I think that's probably what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, You can uh, also have larger text sizes available as well, which is kind of cool. 
Um, obviously, you can have the text size up. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I know people who use, say, for example, the Meta Quest. And, you know, you can increase the text size a little bit, but not by, by very much, whereas you can increase it quite considerably on the Vision Pro in the same way that you can on the Mac or on the phone or any other Apple device. So, again, those options are available and that can make it, you know, th- this can really make the difference between someone who has got limited vision, low vision, and is able to get some, you know, kind of use out of this. That's the difference between getting the use out of it and not. Because yeah. it could be the case that you, like my wife puts on the Meta Quest and she'll say, well, I can see a little bit of it, but I can't read this and I can't read that. If you can overall just bring up that text size, that could just, that's it. Suddenly it's available, it's accessible. So it doesn't always take much. You don't have to, you know, be a screen reader user to really get the value out of this. I mean, we'll discuss that in more detail another time. But, you know, I'm initially thinking to myself, what would a blind person get out of this? I, I just don't know. You know, that's the yeah, truth. Still I, just, I, I still want blind that. people. Are like, oh, I want one, but I'm like, for what? What are you going to do with it? Because yeah. I just don't get it. Anyway, conversation for another time. But well, here's another one for you, and this answers a question that I had right back at the beginning. It's a question I've always had about these devices. What happens if you only have the use of one eye? Oh yeah. Well, in the settings, right away inside accessibility, eye input is an option. And you can choose between both left or right. Oh, cool. Yeah. And when Something you enable so it, yeah. <laughs> but when you do it, it will ask you to calibrate again. So I guess once you've got it set up and running, you can select this. It will then ask you to recalibrate and it will just basically shift everything into view on that one side. That is brilliant. It is. Yeah. Because anybody who's in that position, who's got monoscopic vision, might be thinking to themselves, I'm going to be locked out of this because especially in the spatial sense or three, if there's a concern around 3D or any of that, well, that just goes away. It just absolves that completely. I, I have to say that alone is a fantastic feature. That is incredible. And of course it is in there, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's like say, we say this with Apple. I like, know, but only with Apple we would kind of look. Yes. Of course they thought about this. No one yeah. else would. No one else yeah. has. And it does sound like, oh, yes, Apple, right? We're falling over Apple. But you got you got to give it to them. They put so much thought when it comes into accessibility. You know, that like out of the box, Gen Zero with a feature like that, of course it makes mm-hmm. sense. And you did ask this question when we were talking about Vision Pro before. You know, do you think this option would be in there? I didn't even think about that. But um, yeah, it's in there. I think it was with Shelley we talked about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, there's been a lot of reports about it not having uh, Bluetooth mouse support on on the device. Well, maybe not, but it does work with a trackpad. And this comes up quite a bit inside the accessibility settings. So you can use a trackpad to navigate this as well, which is kind of cool. And on that point about controls, so eyes, obviously, that is one of the ways that you navigate. So my understanding of this is that when you're wearing this device, what you're looking at, I mean, how it does this is beyond my understanding. But you're able to look at, say, the the settings menu, or let's just say all the apps on the home screen, and you wanted to get into settings. You look at the settings icon, and you make a a gesture with your hand, and that's it. You're into that that app. I mean, does that not just blow your mind how that's possible that you're able to do that? No idea. It's like magic, isn't it? And apparently, as I said, it works incredibly well. Well, look, in the demos, everything up to this point, we've kind of felt, I wonder what this would be like in real world. But actually, going by the results, I mean, I saw someone this morning saying, you know, I bought this with the intention of sending it back. Um, I bought it to review. I'm really thinking I probably won't send it back because I'm really loving it. And even though these people know, and these are reviewers, 
they know it's going to get better. They know Gen 2 or is going to be even better. Gen 3 is going to be even better. They know that. But it's perfectly good today. That's impressive. I mean, out of the gate, I've got to say, you know, I, I, I wonder how much of this is down to the silicon chip that's inside it, the, the Apple silicon chip. I mean, if this was running Intel, I mean, aside the fact that it would be on fire trying to do all these things. All right. Keep your head warm. Yeah, but <laughs> that's right. You save money on hats. This is all part, the Apple this is part of the Apple design, though, right? Because it's not just that chip. They have got a, um, a specific chip in there that handles all the sensors. You know, the massive data that's coming in from the cameras and all the other sensors on there. Uh, mm. A dedicated chip to handle all that processing, as well as the main CPU. It's all about everything, the hardware, the software, and the design of it. It's typically Apple. Um, it's one of those products that I'm excited about, but I have no interest in actually getting at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on this. 100. It's the first time an Apple product has come out that I've genuinely felt I, I don't see a need for me to have this. However, totally understand other people getting excited about this. It's one of those ones where, you know, I feel sometimes, and this can happen a lot in our community, and I, I know where it comes from because I've done it myself. I've fallen into this trap where you kind of, you get jealous of the thing. Like when someone says, oh, I just got a new car and, it, you know, I, oh, my wife and I went for a run in the car and we went to this nice pub and we did this. And you're like, oh, it's nice. You know, yeah. you know. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's Not like you're, you're and jealous at all. No, no, no but you're yeah. jealous, right? Because you're like, well, I want to do that, you know. Yeah. But equally, you got to just stop for a minute and say, you know what? Good for you. You know, you've worked hard. You got the thing you wanted. You know, you you were able to have a nice time. And you know, why shouldn't you? Why should you? Why should you not have a good time? Because I can't have that. Too. I can have a nice time too. Just a different way, right? I just get a taxi and it means the difference is I can drink. You can't. Ha ha. Um, so, you know, suddenly it's back to me again. It's great. But, you know, I think with this. Either way, it makes you a terrible person. You yes, exactly. jealous and bitter yeah. or gloating over them that you can get drunk and they can't. Well done. What a beautiful Basically, man. Basically, I've made it all about me. Um it's also there's a way of doing it. There's always a way. Um, but no, I think with this device, it is one of those ones where I'm kind of like, go for it, sighted people. Enjoy. You know, have a have a blast. Just do me a favor, Apple. Don't make this the future entirely. Don't get rid of MacBooks. Don't get well, rid of all the other stuff because then we're screwed. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not screwed actually. This is the interesting bit. We're not screwed because the, this is the, the fact is that the technology has the accessibility in it, right? So we're not screwed. But I just feel there's a lot that the money that it costs today to buy this, there's no value for us. No, for me exactly. and you, there's no value in this. For other no. people, maybe, but not for us. Yeah, no, I totally um, agree. One final point on this: I mentioned about eye control, so that's the whole thing about you know looking at something, looking at an app or whatever to open it. Um, you can do that, but if you can't, and I imagine we couldn't. Well, I mean, aside the looking fact, I mean, even if with voiceover connected and you could see what you're, you know, I guess it's maybe going to speak back what you're looking at, so you would. Yeah, know what it is. Um, I think with nystagmus, that's not going to happen, right? My eyes are going to be bouncing off the walls. I know. Which setting do you want? Walls. Keep your eyes still. <laughs> yeah. Se settings, photos, camera, <laughs> um, all over the place. So yeah, that's not going to work for me. But there are other options. So you can use your wrist. Um, so not your hand, although you can use your hand, but you can use your wrist to control. Uh, you can use your index finger or you can use your head. Uh, so this gives, and this is under point of control options inside uh, the the interaction side of it. So 
you know, this obviously is encompassing lots of other areas as well, other disabilities as well yeah, of in course. here. Um, but I mean, you know, I have to be honest, right? I, my my hands are not great, you know, with with grip or with um, with even trying to do gestures. I mean, I can't, I, I couldn't do the double tap gesture on the watch, for example. I just couldn't do that. Really? So yeah, I, I just that's where I'm at with my hands. Unfortunately, I just can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which freaks me out more than you can imagine. But you know, it's like a whole new thing to learn. You well, know, but it terrifies me. What are you talking about there specifically? Are you talking about the pinching your fingers together, the hands free double tap gesture, yeah. or actually just double tapping on the screen? Well, I have to be honest, the double tapping's getting a little bit more tricky. Um, the actual input on the, the phone is becoming more tricky than it was. Mm. Um, a lot of it's to do with just pain in the hands, right? It's not even so much, I mean, the physical movement isn't too bad. I can move the fingers, but it's just the physical, the, the pain of it sometimes when you're actually you know, you're tapping the screen, it's like, ow. Well, um, as we always talk about, that's what accessibility is all about. At one point, we're going to yeah. need one of these features, even if we don't need it now. Well, I'm going. To, I'm not going to talk about it today, but I'm going to tell you in a couple of days' time, um, whenever because I want to get to feedback, right? I want to get on to feedback, but um, I'll, I'll talk about it another day. But um, I'm trying out a different phone at the moment <gasps> um, for this oh. very reason, actually. So mm, okay. we'll get into that a bit later. I haven't told you about this. You don't know no, about this. No, we haven't. No, I don't. Mm. So yeah, we'll get to that. Anyway, shall we? Uh, shall we get into some emails? Because we get so many emails. I know emails. I love emails. Emails. We get, we get emails. emails. We get your email every day. Yeah, we love them so much. We get a jingle. Ding dong. Here's your mail today. <laughs> I think people think that's just designed as part of this whole thing. And it's not. It's not part of it. It's not part of the design. It's the joy um, of the jingle. Carry on. Absolutely. Uh, right, let's get to a couple of these emails then. Uh, we'll kick off with uh, Camille, who's been listening to Access Tech Live. How dare you? I just finished listening to the latest episode of Access Tech Live. I really enjoyed it. I found out about Jacob and Ramia's weekly podcast a few months ago, and I'm enjoying that as well. I was wrong about the voices that Mark made us listen to. I was certain that the last two were human. Wow. Thanks for the show, Camille. Oh, thank you, Camille. Laura, of course, reading our emails today, as always. So, God bless you, Mrs. K. Um, <laughs> do have a jingle for Mrs. K. We need to sort that out. Well, I suppose we do. We've got the email jingle, right? We've got, we've got uh, a yeah, whole big singing thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I like, the, is, yeah. I like the surprise in uh, Camille's voice there. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, I what was the question it. mark? I wasn't horrified. Um, yeah, so that was so. If you didn't watch it, basically what Mark did on the show was he kind of set us all a task. So Jacob and Ramia host the AMI audiobook review show, which is well worth checking out. Those two are fantastic, uh, along with Red, of course, who does uh, the My Life in Books show. If you love your books, loads of great choices from yeah. AMI. Uh, so well worth checking. I subscribe to both of them, actually, on my Victor Reader stream, because I am in love <sighs> with my stream. All right. Calm Version down. three. Uh, but I've also got to keep two for Audible. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> hey, let's keep on track. Carry yeah, on. Yeah, that musical just fell apart. Double tap the musical. Still, still in, it's like the, uh, the producers. Remember the movie The Producers? That's basically this. <laughs> Equally as tragic. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Jacob and Rami host that show. They were on with us uh, talking about audiobooks and AI and all of that. And we were all having this conversation about, you know, what the value is of AI in, in audiobooks. Would we want a book read to as an audio? And we all said the same thing. No, no way. So Mark said as a test, he didn't give me any answers up front. 
but he played three voices and he said, I want you to tell me which is human, which is AI, which, you know, what you think. And um, we all got it wrong. We all got it wrong. The answer was they were all AI voices. But uh. we were convinced that one or two of them were definitely, and we were like, and Rami was like, that is definitely a human. I, absolutely, definitely. And, and I was the same with one of them. I'm like, no, yep, definitely human. And we were kind of, each of us were convinced about some of them. We would not have picked, I mean, there's one or two, there's one particular voice it's that voice, if you go onto like a TikTok video or you go onto an Instagram video, you oh, always yeah. hear that voice. Yeah. So yeah, instantly yeah. it was recognisable. But um, no, other than that, I was, I was kind of blown away. And I thought to myself, you know what? I could listen to a book with that voice quite happily. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's different when you're listening for hours on end, though. I'm still yet to be convinced. I agree, though. The, the, the new voices are absolutely amazing. Still got to get that emotion and that variance in the voice, though. That's the key, right? That is the key. It's fine for listening to a couple of sentences of a book, but when you're really getting into the heart of a book or an emotional scene, mm. can it do that? Mm, not, I mean, some of them can, but that has to be programmed. Yeah, it's a can't lot of just, work it's on not, top. It, it is. And I wonder, I've often wondered what the impact is on this. I mean, we're hoping to speak to someone from Audible soon on uh, Access Tech Live, but you know, that's one of my questions. I want to know, like, what's the difference in terms of cost? Is there really a cost benefit? I mean, the amount of time it must take for a producer to create these books. If I mean, assuming you're not just running an AI through it and just saying, well, okay, that'll do. Mm, and I can't imagine yeah. Audible doing that. Yeah, I don't know how it would work. I mean, I suppose the argument could be that once the profile is in place, you could change the voice out, change the languages once you get the... Yeah, I honestly don't know. That'd be an interesting well, interview. That is one of the, the interesting things about AI because it does give you the option to have control over the voice. Like you see the language, which is actually a really key component of this. It makes the book more available to more people. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think about like the voice thing. That's one of the, the standard complaints from blind people when it comes to audiobooks is that the, the voice just, the wrong voice can ruin a book. Oh, absolutely. You know, Human or AI. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a lot of times, I, God love them, but there's sometimes you get volunteers who read books. And God love them because they're, they're doing their best and they're trying to make a book accessible that isn't and may never be accessible otherwise. Yes. But, you know, it's like you can hear the, the teacups being washed in the background and the dog barking and someone's at the door and maybe the phone starts ringing and in between this, maybe the guy's got a cold. And you think, goodness me, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a painful listen. Yeah. You know, it's just... Oh, that takes me back. <laughs> used to, that used to be pretty much your only option at one point. Yeah, I know, I know, it's true. Well, I used to get my, I mean, my, all, and through my school years, that was pretty much my school life, was listening to tapes of my teacher, one of my teachers, or my, I say teaching assistant, I guess, and her role was, partly was to record all the notes onto tape, but she always had a cold. <laughs> so she'd be like halfway through it and she'd be like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you're just like, okay. But you get so, you know, it's funny how you just get so used to these things, right? Just, you did not even blink when it happened. Just like, ah, fine, whatever. Ah, you know, that's the, the personal deal. touch. Yeah, the book that sneezed. Anyway, um, check out Jackson. Access Tech Live, by the way. Very yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jackson uh, got in touch on Screen Reader Wars. Hello, Stephen and Sean. I have been listening to your guys' shows for quite a few months. I think I had the same problem with screen readers on Windows like Sean did. Sometimes when I press Alt F4, JAWS stopped talking after that. Sometimes I could make it talk again by pressing JAWS key plus space and wait for a few seconds after it made a clicking sound. But sometimes it won't work either. When I tried to turn narrator on, it wouldn't speak either until I pressed the narrator plus space keys to turn scan mode on and off. 
and when it finally speaks, it says window. I cannot get out of it, no matter what I do, so that I had to press Ctrl-Alt-Delete and find the power menu to restart my computer, and that solved the problem most of the time. Sometimes after my computer restarted, either from installing updates or from me trying to fix the issue, and same thing happens again after I restarted my computer and sign in, so that I had to restart it again to fix the problem. Speaking of Windows, I'm also excited about the Optima, and do you guys know that Lenovo is going to make a laptop with a screen that can be detached, and the screen can be turned into an Android tablet? I really enjoy you guys' show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Jackson. Oh, thank you, Jackson. I actually had hands-on with one of those laptops years ago, and you know that way you you look at it and you think, oh, that's amazing. It was like a, I think when it was unfolded, it was like a 15-inch or 16-inch screen, like a tablet but you could fold it in half. So you had this little keyboard inside it and you could have this little keyboard or you could use the screen as a keyboard where it was yeah, folded yeah. over. Kind of like a flip phone, right? But it yeah. was just it was so cool. And I thought, this is amazing. What would I ever do with this thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I visually, again, great, but I just don't know from our point of view, if you're, if you're a screen reader user like we all are with Hugh Jackson as well, it's not, I don't think we would get any value out of that. I mean, portability, I suppose, but I don't know. You can still be excited by the tech like we were talking about before the Vision Pro. Excited by the yeah, tech. Yeah, that's true. Can't think what I would use it for at all. <laughs> but uh, Absolutely. And when it comes to the screen reader, yes, I am still having issues. But then again, I think I'm having issues with my computer. So I'm not putting the blame on NVDA. But um, with the latest update I installed, there's been three updates very, very quickly after each other for NVDA. Mm-hmm. And um, Narrator has come back. Um, hooray! But there's still issues. I can't sometimes. I can't tap through a web. Page. Thank you. I can't tap through a web page. It just stops working. So, um, so I'm trying yeah, to balance it. You see. Thank you. I am going to factory reset my Windows, <gasps> and um, I'm going to try again. But I've got a sneaky suspicion my problem is something to do with the Windows uh, NVDA, I should say, update, and maybe even a Windows update. There's some sort of conflict there. So, when was uh, the last time you reset that computer? Ooh, it was a while ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But Windows has changed. You don't need to format it every three weeks like I used to. <laughs> yeah, um, so did I. I used to always, I always used to love it. Was it was that weird? I used to love resetting. I used to like it. It used to feel all fresh and new. It yeah. was like spring cleaning. It's like I'm taking the day today because I'm reinstalling everything I, on my exactly, fresh. I, <laughs> I, I remember going to school one day, right, and telling the teacher why I was so tired at school. And I'm like, oh, I had to sit up all last night and reset my Windows computer. And she's like, oh, really? Um, well, it's so just... much quicker now. All I do is drag everything into a folder that I want to keep, stick it on an external drive, and then just reset PC into the start menu. And I come back and it's all out of the box, ready to go. I say that. And then, of course, you got to remember, okay, what was the password for this? And what was the password yeah, for that? And how problem. do I sign yeah. into Yeah. Anyway, yes, thank you. Um, screen reader woes. They're annoying when they pop up, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Thank you for that, Jackson. Appreciate that. Right, look, stick around. We'll get more of your emails next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. 
Okay, let's get back into the emails, Sean, because uh, we got so many, and we're a little bit behind here. So you know, we, we we're are. kind of picking up on some of the emails that have come in. So you know, I'm expecting I don't know, Happy New Year, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy <laughs> Easter from last year. I don't know where we're at, but uh, anyway, let's carry on. Here's John. Hello there. Just wanted to quickly give my thoughts on your changes. Obviously, I am a fan of your show, but I'm not really so much a fan of either the Express Edition or YouTube. However, if Express allows others who actually have lives, unlike me, to get some value from the show, then it's hard to argue with. Much as I'd like to believe the world revolves around me, I'm beginning to find that maybe that isn't the case, which is quite annoying. (laughs) Isn't it? YouTube is much more fiddly than a podcast, but I'm sure I'll get used to it if the end result is more Stephen and Sean goodness. You guys bring a lot to my life and I don't pay a penny for it, which seems crazy. So whatever you do, I'll follow as long as I'm able and will look forward to seeing how things progress. I was gutted when you ended Blind Guy Talks Tech, but things have turned out pretty well so far. And while I'm here, thanks to Sean for talking about his concerns about going on holiday. Right now, I am tying myself up in knots because I am so desperate to be as independent as I used to be with sight. I'm really struggling with allowing anyone to help me. But you make me realise that maybe I shouldn't be trying to take on the world by myself. If I wrote to you every time I wanted to say thank you after a show, you'd have to take a restraining order against me. (laughs) One last thing. You talk a lot about braille displays, and I struggle to know exactly what the experience would be like. Don't you need three hands? I only know audio screen readers. I believe the braille display shows more than just the voiceover cursor. I might be alone here, but I'd love it if you could just describe at a very high level what it's like just moving around and using it and how it's different to a normal screen reader. When I try to find out online, I can only find things that assume I already know the basics. Anyway, sorry, I just can't keep these things short, no matter how hard I try. Keep it up, John. Oh, that was a short email for you. Not for you, John, but for anybody, frankly. That's a, that's a short email, oh, trust me. Concise to the point. It was better than we usually are anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, God, John, yeah. just want to say thank you. Saying, you know, that we, uh, we're part of your life. It's, it's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're not going anywhere. And the good thing is, obviously, since that message, we have made a few changes. Express has now gone away. Yes. Um, the world does really revolve around it, you, John. It actually does revolve around you, you, John. Yeah. <laughs> and we put the pod, we best of YouTube on podcast as well. So literally, we have made it as easy as we can. And that's kind of always been my thing about this show. You know, life's hard enough for us, right? Let's not try and make it any harder. Yeah, look, the reason we do YouTube is because we want to get to more people, right? But the show has to, you know, has to be <laughs> watched by, I guess, new people, right? That's the whole point, right? And and yep. we want to get to a new audience. There's a whole host of people out there who just don't know about this world of accessible tech. And, you know, the, the comments so far have been really nice on YouTube, uh, which I have to say is quite surprising. I guess that will change at some point. <laughs> Thank you. But no, it was really nice. A lot of lovely comments. And uh, we're really enjoying doing it, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it because it gives us a chance to delve into some topics or be you know, extend conversations into new areas that perhaps you haven't thought about. And there are a lot of ideas. If there's anything you want us to talk about, maybe there's something you think, hey, you know, I'd like them to talk about this, then let me know and we'll we'll absolutely put it in the list because, you know, we're there three times a week. So, yep. you know, we've plenty of room to, to talk. But um, yeah, yeah, thank you, John. Um, so on the, um, let's go through this. So yeah, holidays. Uh, well, oh, uh, holidays, holidays. I mean, we'll, I know you kind of briefly touched on that, but yeah, the, the holiday thing's interesting because, it's funny, we've, my wife and I have both kind of resisted that for so long. But when you brought it up the other week, it kind of made me think about it. And I was talking to her again about it, saying maybe this is not, a, for us anyway, for, if we're going away together. Like, I think if you and, and I and our partners were all going away together, I think we would just work it between us, you know. We'd just do what we do. 
Yes. That would be fine. You know, that's why I suggest a cruise, because like I've said to you before, if your feet get wet, you've walked too far, right? So yes. you, you can at least you know the boundaries. But, you know, if you're going off to somewhere else, and there's some countries in the world you'd love to go to, places in the world. I mean, my wife always wants to go on a, a Kenyan safari. And as wonderful as that sounds, I just know I'd get eaten by something. Oh, Okay, always the optimist. Well, well because I, I wouldn't spot the you know gigantic tiger saying, "Oh look, lunch has arrived." <laughs> well, that's the first uh, thing for that's me. That's clearly not a fast-moving target, so uh, I'm going to get it. Screw the gazelle. What I'm going to go, <laughs> go after him, Stephen Gazelle Scott. That's never been said. Um, never been said. No. What do you see on a safari if you can't see? I'm sorry. Am I, I being? What, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I know, and I've heard this before. I mean, it's like when I remember, I think back to a trip I'd taken to Africa years ago. I went to Ghana. And like you say, you go to places like this and you think to yourself, what am I going to get out of this visually? Not much, right? But I can tell you the experience of being there, just coming back, I can still hear the sounds of the crickets at night, the sound of the, the, the just the whole, the whole audible experience is mm. still in my head. Yeah, I'll go on I YouTube mean, the, and do the African soundscape. Yeah, it's not. Uh, trust me, it's not the same. I can a hundred percent guarantee you, it is not the same. All right, okay. because you're not you're not in the environment. You're not speaking to local people. You're not getting the the smells, the sounds, the taste, the food, the, the stuff that comes with it. You know, I mean, the, the monsoon that just happened. I mean, I, I honestly, a, a crack of thunder, and it goes from being a beautiful dry moment to just being soaked. Mm. Uh, you know, the only time you had that experience was when you had the hole in the roof and the shower was leaking. <laughs> Very you know, good. It's not the same. It's no, not I, the same. No, I, I totally get the ambiance <laughs> and the experience of it. Oh, the ambiance. Uh, do you want uh, me to do my accent? I can no, do a no, French no, accent. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, okay, I fine. do apologise. No. Okay, cool. Yes. I, you know what? I've just got to the stage now where I just want to uh, not think about it so much, not worry yeah. about it, not plan it out to the nth degree on the day itself and think, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? I just need the support. I need the help. And you know what? If it means I can relax, I'm going to go for it this time. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And you know what? More power to you for admitting that because that's yeah. the hardest thing to admit. Um, so no, I, I'm with you on that. Um, as for the Braille displays, yeah, well, I'll, I'll come back to this one, John, because I think I'm still... See, the way I use a Braille display, and it's interesting, when I hooked up to the Mac, I got a very different experience to what I did with the PC. The PC gives you a lot of information. So you've got status cells that tell you about, I guess, what's going on on screen or where you are in the system. Um, you've got other information, you know, like there's lots of kind of um, indicator information that's going on telling you where you are, whereabouts in the system you are, all that stuff, as well as what you're actually focused on. But when you plug it into the Mac, and you can do this, I'm sure, on JAWS as well. I have no doubt in that, but I just know the Mac better. Going into the settings, I was able to take a lot of that nonsense away so I could literally just have what was in my voiceover focus. So if I was typing something, I wouldn't have any status cells. I got rid of all that. because I just, I don't, I, I'm just too new to this to know what all this means at this stage. And yep. it's just getting in the way of actual information. So on my display, if I'm typing, that's all I'm seeing as a result of what I'm typing. Not the application information, not anything else, just the line of text I'm typing, which is brilliant for me because I want to check a word, make sure it's spelled properly, or if you off, as often is the case, you get these notifications saying, oh, this uh, word is misspelled or whatever, you know, misspelled word. And you think, what, what's, <laughs> I'm typing a hundred times, why is it wrong? And then you go back and being able to just go back on Braille and go, all right, okay, got you, all right, it was I yeah. before E after, whatever, right? You know, that kind of thing, that makes it a lot easier. 
So, you know, that that's kind of how I'm using it. it at a very basic level is how I'm using it. Um, having the ability to turn off a lot of that verbosity, if you like, on the screen display makes a heck of a difference for me. Um, I'm not quite at the level where I could just turn off the, the voiceover, but I feel I'm going to get there actually not too far away. It's interesting. I can do it on the phone. I find the phone oh. easier. So if I connect to the phone, I can just, sometimes I just think I'll turn the speech off and I just navigate. It takes me a while, but I do get there. And it's good for just keeping up with Braille, just for reading. Because you kind of just constantly testing yourself, and um, yeah. that works pretty well. It does seem scary though, John. I can totally understand. I just it seems like learning what it is. You're just learning something completely new. It's like loading up a new piece of software, and where do I start with this? Um, and the difficulty being as well, if you're new to Braille, is trying to understand what it's actually saying and telling you as well. So I totally understand that. But Stephen, you've 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 really dived into it. And um, but, it's but taken make, a while, but... Oh, it's, it, and it still is. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It's taking a long time. It takes a lot of patience to go through it. And, you know, but sometimes once you, you see just those get benefits, right? Once you yeah. start seeing those benefits, you think, ah, this is worthwhile. I, I'm going to tell you a little secret, right? So on Access Tech Live, when I'm doing the TV show, I was trying to read from JAWS for a long time. So having JAWS read and then speak, and I found that really difficult. Um, it's very difficult in that environment because I feel like it's not three hands I need, it's three ears. Because no, I've right. got, you know, yeah. I've got the program output in my main ear so I could hear what's, what Mark is saying to me on the show, what my guests are saying. I've got my uh, right side, which is a talk back at, from studio back to my ear so as people can tell me what's going on, how long is left on something. You know, that talk back is constantly going in my ear. And then on top of that, I've got my own voiceover trying to compete <laughs> with all of that to, to read the script. And that is what I'm doing every day, every week on the show. And it's quite overwhelming. Of course um, it is. I mean, I have to be honest, as much as I love doing it, it is an hour. I'm so glad it's an hour a week because my brain couldn't take any more than that. I just, it's, I literally have to go and lie down after the show because there's so much in it. And I think that's sometimes why I struggle sometimes more on television than I do on radio because I don't know. It's just, it's a different, it's not even, I've realized it's not so much the show or anything to do with that. It's just that it's, it's the so much to consume. And that's the bit I'm starting, I'm slowly starting to get used to. I'm starting to get used to hearing, the producer in my voice speaking as I'm speaking and being able to try and register that and hear my voiceover and hear the guest yes, and hope I can scale. fit it's, all the bits together and make sure I answer the right person, right? Don't start responding to the voiceover or, or the producer. It's keeping track of what the actual show is saying. If what a guest is saying to you whilst looking up notes and not coming yeah. across like you're not listening to someone, <laughs> you know, you've got That's to right. keep, keep on. Yeah. And keep looking at the camera and keep smiling and oh, keep, you know, that. do all these. Yeah, I know it's just a nightmare. It's, it's, it's just a whole new world, you know, and I feel, I, I know I'm not alone because I know any TV person would have to go through the same thing, but at least they, they've got that third ear, if you like, which is their eyes. They can look at notes and information and get your detail. Your third ear is your eyes. My third, <laughs> third ear is your eyes. quote there. Makes sense of that one. Um, but what I did was I thought, right, let's employ some Braille into this, right? So... I got the Braille display, but I have to be honest, I was like you, John, I was just a bit nervous trying to use it in that live environment because one line wrong uh, or I get confused and I'm lost. I'm just lost inside this, this because it's just one line of text, right? So you have to navigate through that, either navigate through with the pan keys or the, the rocker keys, whatever, and, you know, or, you know, arrowing it through it. But of course, the problem is if you're reading a line of text on Braille, on a display, you know, not if you're reading as I am with grade one at the moment, 
that's not all going to fit on a, even a 40-cell display, right? So you have to use those rocker keys to move down the line that you're on. So this is the bit that's confusing at the beginning. You're actually looking, you're having to navigate through a line that visually on the screen is a single line, but will be multiple lines on your Braille display. And then you arrow down to the next line, which is again, a series of multiple lines on your Braille display. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I guess Because it's breaking it up, right? It's like it can't fit the entire sentence. You've basically got 20 or 40 40 letters. Yeah. That you can... 20, 40 letters at a time. So if if it was 80 letters on a line... Then that's two. That's two, two lines of, of of braille, and that's this is where things get, get confusing, and that's why I struggle with it at the beginning, kind of understanding that where I am in the line. So what I did was <laughs> last week, I thought, screw this, <laughs> got into my cupboard, pulled out the Perkins, bang, bang, bang. Here are all my notes. Now I can read them because I've oh. got them in paper in front of me on a line. And I thought this is the future right here. <laughs> I love the Perkins. <laughs> and that's it, because it's just like having a notepad. You know, you've got your notes scribbled down, but you know exactly where they are, and you know that no computer's going to knock it off, right? Unless I cover it in a cup of tea or something, it's going to be fine. So I think you just resigned from it. the show, saying that, Stephen Scott. You've got Probably. low tech, but got, it works. Yeah. Well, some, you, you've got to do what works for you, right? That's the yep. thing. You've got to find the thing that works for you. And um, it's all a journey of discovery. It really is. But uh, keep both it, John. Hope you got on well with it and uh, let us know how you got on and get in touch anytime. You're always welcome. Uh, Kyler writes in. Hi, guys. It's the new year and we literally just got done with Christmas. But when I heard about the Zeitgeist 2 from Darren, I knew my bank account was in trouble. I would love to see a live demo on the show. I haven't found any coverage on YouTube. And even when I search for the Zeitgeist 1, I find a video in Polish and then a bunch of nonsense related to movies. Ugh. I've heard a lot of people tell me that I could just use my phone for most of the tasks that it can perform. Personally, though, A, I only use my phone or Apple Watch for treadmill workouts, and B, I don't know how to tell you how boring it would be if I just started doing what everyone else does. In other news, the BrailleSense 6 had their major update to version 2.0 a couple of months ago, and I'm excited to say that HIMSS has a lot of potential to drive us into the future. The device now runs Android 12 rather than 10, and has an added to-do list app, along with a chat GPT interface, an easier way to download popular Android apps for the BrailleSense, a new user interface to download BrailleSense-specific apps, and several games. Can we just take a moment to remember the Human Wears Braille Note Touch Plus is still on Android 8 and hasn't been updated since 2019, while the Victor Reader Stream 3 just got released last year? I'm really worried about their future if this keeps up. Keep up the great work, guys. Thanks, Kyla in Eagle. It's a really important point about the age of some of the hardware. Well, it's not even hardware, software inside these devices that is running. Um, Which is always, well, not always, but is usually behind when the the product is released anyway. Never mind updating further on. It's a worry. Uh, speaking of the uh, Zeitgeist 2, so for those who don't know, it's the um, basically it's like a talking watch, but I think it's it's less of a watch and more of something you would wear or you could put in your pocket. Um, so you can wear it around the neck if you want, or you can just use it as a pocket watch. Got different things on it. It's got a, a main, according to the feature list anyway, graphic display. You can automatically set the time via GPS. It's got voice output. It's got discrete tactile time output as well. If you remember, this was the one that Darren... Uh, got in touch and, and yeah. told us about. Um, it's got a stopwatch, it's got a timer, an alarm, it's got a calendar, it's got a recorder for voice memos, it's cool. got a light detector in it, a compass, a pedometer, and it's Type-C, USB Type-C for easy charging. 
Um, so I don't know why that excites me, but it does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty cool, right? I mean, we're talking here, and this is on sale in the UK. I'm just looking here. It's £234, including VAT. 195 excluding VAT. That's quite a lot for what it is. It is. But what else um, is like it out there in that form? That's factor? the point. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. But there's Zeitgeist 2. Uh, computer room services in the UK. I'm sure you'll get it elsewhere uh, around the world. Zeitgeist 2 is what it's called. Uh, okay, thank you for that, Kyler. Um, Rebecca writes in on the future of assistive tech. I like the concept behind the Optima, but I am concerned about the process students would use to enter the Nemeth code or UEB math in the Braille user interface. When I was in college, I used a Braille light and computer Braille to complete math assignments. I would like to be able to rekindle books independently on a Braille device. This is the only reason why the Braille sense interested me. However, I financed a Mantis Q40 and find it convenient. I do not need to worry about complicated commands, but I am not in school and do not need to worry about STEM subjects. I am a faster typist and do not have to worry about translation issues on iOS because I'm using a standard Bluetooth keyboard with Braille right in front of me. It would be nice to have a keyboard-only version of the Optima for those of us who already have a Braille display. Alternatively, I would like to see AccessMind offer their software suite for sale for those of us who already have a modular setup. That's a good point, Rebecca. And of course, we heard from Addy uh, yesterday on the show, um, and that was interesting to learn about some of the updates. Like, for example, the, the software coming out as a beta so people can test it. But I don't think that's in any way a sense of the, that they will be able to uh, sell that separately. Not yet, anyway. But that's that's an interesting point. I think Addy would be interested to hear that. Yeah, demand for that software on its own as a standalone product you could put on any laptop. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's a very interesting idea, though. And then, of course, you've got the Optima without the, the Braille display, which I've been saying. It's so funny when we, these things are developed. It's like, okay, I want it, but I want it like this. It's, it's almost like the way an American orders food. Everything's just like, yeah, I want this, but I don't want it that way. I want it this way. However want you want it. I want the Braille display on the side. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the, the concept behind the framework laptops, which is what this is based on, is all about that modular design. You can, you know, uh, you can swap out. I.O. ports. You want more HDMI, you want more you know, audio mm. jacks, you want more USB. It's it's all about being able to customise it to your liking. So, yeah, but when it comes to this specific design, I think Braille is sort of integral to it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But it does sound like a great device. I must admit, the Mantis, every single time I go on the Human World website, I'm like, <sighs> should I? Should I? Yeah, but don't you feel like you've missed the boat? Don't you feel like the the next one... Is coming out. Well, I have to be honest, knowing, well, it's 10 years from the Humanware Victorita stream oh, two yeah, to true. three. <laughs> I mean, have Brilliant Touch has been out how long? I mean, uh, maybe I think I've got a few years yet. I could probably get five years out of it, I think, before a new one will come out. I'm guessing. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Um, the only thing I could see, the only reason I could see a rush on a new one is if they were bringing audio to it. And then I think, to my, as much as I think to myself, I'd like audio. You know, I can think about the Brilliant series, they've got the the audio in them, that the 20 and the 40 have got that. And I think, would I use it though? What would I use it for? I mean, if the whole point is to have Braille, why do I want audio? Uh, no, I, mean, I, I, think to, I mean, if it's just for a menu system, I wouldn't need audio for that. I think it's just That's having option, but... the option there. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. So you've got, you got the audio when you want it and you've got the Braille when you want it. But the audio for the phone, for example, if it's connected to that, it's going to come through the phone anyway. So I've got audio. That's the thing I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know yeah. if I, it's kind of an unnecessary need in some I'll ways. I'll just buy I, it and be quiet. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, Glendon. <laughs> so, so kind of you to offer to pay for it as well. That's really nice. He's on there. No worries. Um, you know, also I got a Christmas present from you. Um, <laughs> hashtag just saying. Uh, Glen- <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Carry on. Glendon got in touch about AI on Siri. In response to your Tuesday discussion about the new AI Siri awaiting us and the potential for what we would like her to be able to do with her newfound large language AI model. Lol, I love you guys. Never buy the cheese platter. In your own way, nailed it. Quite frankly, Stephen and Sean, I am guessing that the technology to do those Siri things you were speaking of are already in existence and possibly being used by groups like the military, top Apple engineers and or important richy rich people who are funding the good stuff. I just think that there isn't enough bandwidth, electricity, quantum chip power or memory etc. to drive a beast that would feed the whole Apple community at one time. I would have been angry like some people out there today, but I've come to the realisation that it's not worth it and there is a reason for everything. In the same way, logic shows us that everyone in the world can't be taken care of at the same time since there aren't enough resources or power to make this possible. So I'm putting it out there that we likely just need to be patient until the quantum chips are chilled enough to accommodate more of us. Here's hoping this makes some kind of sense and helps to chill out the frustrated and angry conspiracy theory folks. It can be awfully debilitating at times, can't it? All the best from Glendon. Well, look, you know me, I'm all for patience. I mean, I didn't sound like that the other day when I was complaining about no. <laughs> Audible on the stream, although in fairness, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Um, come on, guys, get your finger out. But, you know, when it comes to things like this, yeah, I mean, look, I, I suppose this is not something we need to think about as an us thing, as a blind thing. Siri being improved will benefit everybody, and that, I think, is, is Apple's mantra. It's all about, you know, whenever you talk to Apple about anything and you talk even about accessibility, they say, yeah, 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 but, you know, it's for everybody. And they, that really, it's one of the few companies in the world that you genuinely believe that is at their core. I know people complain about voiceover not being great and issues here and issues there, and I understand that. I think the reality is that as much as it's in, at their core and as much as they put a heck of a lot of effort in, as we talked about earlier with the Vision Pro, they're not perhaps the most well-resourced team in Apple. I mean, they're not going to be up there with the ML people, right? The machine learning people. But yeah, so, there's still a priority, right? There's um, sort but of... It's, but it's clearly there. I mean, it, I, I think it's just they've got so much to work through. Um, and with endless updates and constant new operating systems, you know, they're always you know, uncovering new bugs. But, you know, I, 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 I do... I have my days. I have my days when it comes to some... And it's any computer, frankly. It's not exclusive to Apple. Windows, iPhone, Android. You know, you think, Goodness me, this is so frustrating. Yes. How then did I don't this know possibly it's... slip through? Yes. Yeah, but then I think, is that me as well? Just getting a bit annoyed yes, that it day? Is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think it is. Uh, right, I want to bring in this one final email from Camille. Uh, we heard from Camille earlier, but I want to hear it again because this one's uh, quite amusing. Final email. A while back, Stephen told us that someday he would like to go to space and pick up a lot of trash and send it into the sun. <laughs> Nothing less. Lol. Well, yes. he now has the chance to spend time training in the Biosphere 2 in Arizona to do just that. Oh. In the podcast Eyes on Success, a woman spent six days doing so, and she is not an astronaut or anything similar. NASA wants to train people with disabilities. On a different topic, Stephen needs to work on his French. It is terrible. I'm pretty sure that even <sighs> Scooby-Doo does not speak French like that. <laughs> Lol. And finally, I totally agree with Stephen in regards to listening to my own music. I spent way too much money to turn around and pay yet more money to a streaming service to listen to it. Mm-hmm. All my CDs have been converted to MP3 and are easily accessed from my iPhone. Happy tapping from balmy minus five degrees centigrade Regina. Oh, Camille. Oh, minus five. Ah, oh, that's nothing. 
That's summertime in Regina, <laughs> isn't it? Wow. Very good. So, yeah, ripping CDs. Uh, I think I think those days have gone. I'm sorry. You are in a minority of one, uh, my seems friend. Seems so. Seems so. I pay for streaming, and I loves it. Kind yeah, of. I pay for it as well. And still, I want to rip my CDs. Because I int- want to stop paying for streaming. I'd be interested to know how you're listening to your ripped CDs on your iPhone, Camille. Let us know. Probably through music, surely. Through iTunes. Or what was iTunes? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah, well, there's no. Uh, that's it for today. Do you know I had so much fun today? Why would we do this again tomorrow? Uh, well, it's better than yesterday, where we were terrible. And so sorry, yeah. listeners. But yes, we're back on form, possibly. <laughs> to our standard, at least. Yes. Um, coming up, more stuff on the show, because well uh, we've got YouTube as well. Yeah, we've got YouTube coming up today. I can't remember what the topic is, but go check it out. It's going to be brilliant. Obviously. Catch you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepherd of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.